all, like, if this was completely dark and you couldn't see anything and all you could see was right directly around this little candle, right? All just right around it, and that's all you could see, yeah? Okay, I'm going to bring the lights back up, don't worry. I'm going to blow it out. Okay, cool. So, imagine, okay, our eyes typically adjust to the dark, right? And even though it's dark in a room, sometimes we can still see, like, our hand right in front of us. And we're like, okay, cool. And, like, with that little light, I could see you guys right in front of you. But I'm, okay, so exactly what I was describing, if the room was absolutely dark and your eyes never adjusted and all you could see was right in front of the light, it's exactly how my sister is. Interesting fact, she is night blind, which means that her night vision rods in her eyes don't actually work and they don't adjust to the dark. So for us, we can all like, our eyes will adjust and we can see directly in front of us. But for my sister, she's, she doesn't have that and her eyes don't adjust. So my parents first figured that out with her when she was really little, like I think like four or five years old. And they knew something was a little bit different when she was sitting in the dark. So my dad like plopped her right in front of him. And the room was somewhat dark. You know, and he was like, hey, Ellen, where's my nose? I'm like, where's my ears? And you would just see her, like, trying to find his face. And then, as you can imagine, this kind of got a little bit different and interesting when she grew up. So, you know, she was in junior high. She went to her friend's sleepover. And as you imagine, it's probably going to be a funny story because she was at a sleepover with all these girls, like 12 different girls. And she had this, like, moment where she couldn't see anything. So all the girls were in this room, and they were setting up their sleeping bags. And, you know, they're like, this is where I'm going to sit. I'm going to put my backpack right here. And then they're like, okay, let's go play the game in the other room. So they leave. They shut their lights off. They close the door and go into the other room. My sister's here, and she's like, oh, I forgot something in my backpack. So I'm going to go into the other room. So she opens the door, closes it and then realizes she can't find the light switch. And it's completely dark, and she cannot see anything. So my sister Ellen just gets on her hands and knees, and she's, like, crawling all over the sleeping bags. And she's like, okay, is this my backpack? Okay, that's clearly not my backpack. So she goes to this one, and she's like, is this one it? And at this point, she's, like, in the other side of the room. And then all of a sudden, her friend, whose birthday party it is, she walks in, she flips on the light, and she's like, Ellen, are you okay? And she's just like, yeah, totally good. I'm just trying to find my stuff. She's like, oh, uh, looks like it's over there. And so she grabs her stuff and then leaves. And the funny thing is, is she, like, never told anybody that she was night blind, which I thought was so interesting. She, like, only told a few, like, select people. But it's crazy. Uh, can you guys imagine if your eyes never adjusted to the dark? That would be crazy, right? And sometimes we often hear this phrase of, like, darkness being also, like, the pain in our life, Right? So we think of like the literal darkness, so what we experience with the little candle, right? And then we think of darkness as the pain and the brokenness and everything, the frustrations that happen in our life as the darkness as well. And when we talk about darkness in that sense, sometimes it can become so consuming, right? And we talk about darkness as being the absence of light. So literal darkness is the absence of light. And then when a tiny light like this comes into the darkness, it extinguishes the dark. But when we talk about darkness as the pain in our life, then we say the pain and the darkness in my life is the absence of hope. And sometimes it's so easy to feel like the darkness can consume us, and then we feel like there isn't a light or a way out. 
when we are consumed with darkness, it is easy to feel like we are stuck in the darkness and there will never be light and never be a way out of all of the pain. And as some of you guys know, sometimes you're in all of this and you're like, oh man, life is messy and people are broken and they hurt me and relationships are broken and we experience pain and we're sad and we're frustrated and we're angry and we're stuck in that. And so the only way to get out of all of this messy in our life, we say, okay, I'm just going to produce my own light in order to get out of all of this mess. So I'm going to try and control my situation, and I'm going to act a certain way in order to get out of all of this pain. And one of, You probably fall into one of these categories. Maybe you're trying, you're stuck in your mess and your pain and your brokenness, and you say, okay, in order to get out of this, I'm just going to I'm going to be angry all the time because I'm just so frustrated at what is going on in my life right now. So you try and produce your own light in order to get out of that pain. And you say, you know what? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes things are good, but I'm not going to recognize the good and I just want to be angry. So allow me to be angry. And that's the only way that I can deal with this pain in my life. Or maybe you say, I don't want anybody else to know what's going on deep down. So I'm going to cover that up with joy. And I'm just going to be joyful all the time. And everything's going to be totally fine. Everything's good. How are you? I'm great. Doing good, you know? Yeah, maybe my parents are arguing all the time and my friends, you know, kind of left me. But everything's good. Everything's totally fine. And we try to cover that up with fake joy. And we try to control the situation. Now hear me on this. Joy isn't a bad thing, right? It's good to be joyful. But when we allow it to, when we are trying to control our pain and not allowing anybody else to see it, we're allowing this fake joy to take root and we're just trying to cover up all of that pain. Or maybe you're the opposite and you say, all of this mess is happening in my life and I just don't know what to do so I'm just going to deal with it and you allow sadness to take root in your heart. And this sadness comes in, and you say, I, I don't want to have to deal with this pain, and so I'm just gonna, I just can't handle it, and I'm just going to allow it to be. And again, it's okay to feel sad, but when we're not dealing with the pain and the brokenness in our life, we try to control that and produce our own light. And sometimes we just feel sad. And sometimes we don't even know why we're sad, but it's just so much effort to get up in the morning. And we allow that sadness to take root. And we allow that to be our guide out of all of this pain and messy that's in our life. Or maybe you've been bullied and you've been labeled some names. And so in response to all of that pain that got put onto you, you compare yourself, and you allow comparison to be your light to get you through. And you say, so someone called me ugly, and someone called me annoying, and they said that I'm not funny and that I need to get out of their group, and they, I, they labeled me all of these things, and this has been my pain and my insecurities. So if I just looked like her, then I would be totally fine. So I'm just going to try and look like her. But if I was funny like him then maybe they would allow me into the group and they would actually notice me 
so I'm just going to be funny like him. Okay, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. And so then we allow comparison and all of that to get us through the pain of being labeled as not funny or annoying. And we take that label and then we compare ourselves and we think, if I was just there, then I would be okay. We all find ourselves in one of these categories, right? Where we have brokenness. We have sadness. We have all of this that takes root into our life. And then we try to make our way through by creating our own life, our own light. But ultimately, we know that these lights fail, right? I'm sure that if you've been in this situation, you know that even though we try to produce our own light, they're ultimately going to fail. Because you've been there, right? You've compared yourself constantly, and you're like, if I'm just there, and then you know when you actually do get here, then you want to be at a different spot. And so then you're like, okay, if I could just be there. And you know that ultimately these lights of comparison and anger and sadness, ultimately they're going to fail us, right? They do fail us. And they don't get us out of that pain. Sometimes we try to push away our pain and our brokenness, and we say, if I'm just happy, and I'll be happy, and I just push all under the rug, and then ultimately something else happens, and then all of that gets brought back up to the surface, and you're like, man, I can't find my way out of all of this. Why? Why can I not just put it away? Why? And so we know that the lights that we produce, they, they fail us, right? We know that. So what are some of these darknesses that we're talking about? Maybe, maybe your parents have gotten a divorce and that has caused some frustration in you. Or maybe your friends have rejected you and you feel abandoned and forgotten. Or maybe your friends know you, but they don't really know you. And so you feel lost in that sense. You don't really know who you are. Maybe... You're just sad, and you can't really define why you're sad, but for some reason, you just can't get over the sadness. Those are all of the things that keep us there in that darkness. So all of these lights that we try to produce on our own fail us. But we're in this series called I Am, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So we're going to turn in our Bibles, and we're going to read that. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8. All right, there's Bibles at the end of your row. There's note paper. And I want you guys to grab your Bibles, and I know that it's up on the screen, but there's something about having a Bible right in your hand. And fun fact, I am the worst at looking up books in the Bible. So if you're like me and you're like, I always cannot find John, or I don't really know the books of the Bible or whatever, that's totally fine. I seriously use my table of contents pretty much every time I open my Bible because it just helps me out. And every Bible is different, you know? So I want you to open up to John chapter 8. And we're going to read this out together, okay? So John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I'm going to read that one more time. It says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So Jesus says that he is the light of the world, that he is the one that produces the true light that guides us out of the darkness into life. But what does that mean, right? That sounds so awesome. 
but that kind of sounds like a foreign concept. Like, okay, great, like he's the light of the world. What does that mean? So there's a story in the Bible about this guy, and his name is Saul, okay? So this is an illustration of what it means for Jesus to be the light of our world, okay? So Saul is this guy, and just like all of us, I mean, we all experience brokenness and pain, right? We experience it within ourselves. We have stuff that happens to us. We have insecurities, and we have that inside ourselves. And we also turn on the news and social media every single morning, and we see it in all the people around us and in society around us that people are broken and they're hurting other people as well. We see people on the outside, outskirts of society, and they're forgotten, and we say, what about those people? And we see the brokenness in that. And we see friendships broken, and parent relationships broken. We say, where is the light in all of that? And Saul, he also experienced brokenness as well. And in that, he produced his own light of anger to get through that. Something about Saul is that he persecuted Christians meaning that he killed people simply because they said that they believed in Jesus and that they were Christians. He killed them for that. So Saul, he's producing this anger light, right? He's trying to get through the brokenness of life, and he's producing this light of anger, right? And then in Acts, this is what it says. In Acts chapter 9, verse 3, it says, As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I'm going to read that one more time. A light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So imagine this, this Saul guy, he's basically really angry, and he just has this, like, anger within him, and so he's producing this, and he's persecuting people, and he's killing them for their faith, and then all of a sudden he's walking, and this light shines down around him and says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so then, I'm going to fast forward the story, and Saul is blind because of this same light for three days completely blind. He can't see anything. Can you imagine that? All because of this random light that showed up to him on on the road. And then this guy comes and prays for him. And then all of a sudden Saul's eyes are opened and he can see. So he was blind for three days and then he can see. And then guess what? After that, then he goes and tells everybody about Jesus. He says, this happened to me, and I want to tell everybody the good news about Jesus, that I was completely blind, and now I see because of the light of Jesus. And then his name was turned to Paul. Now, if you know maybe a little bit about the Bible, maybe you don't, it's totally fine. But fun fact about Paul, Paul wrote a bunch of the books of the Bible So if you turn to Philippians or Ephesians or Colossians, that's this same guy writing this story. Isn't that crazy? He then turned into this this super influential person in the Christian church, and he started preaching the good news about Jesus, and he wrote about Jesus everywhere he went. How cool is that? Now, maybe you're sitting there, though, and you're like, okay, so does that mean I have to become blind for three days? And then I can be like, I saw the light of Jesus. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe that's what you're thinking. So I'm going to tell you my story of when I saw Jesus' light and what happened for me. So for me, I well, in junior high, I didn't really know who I was, and I was pretty insecure in that. 
So my light that I tried to produce to get out of all of that insecurity and darkness that I felt, I compared myself constantly. So my light was green, and I was trying to compare myself to people. Also, I had a friend who I was friends with, best friends with, all throughout elementary school. We were neighbors, and so we went to the same school, and then we'd come home, and we'd play outside together. We did everything together. We were best, best friends. And so walking into sixth grade on the first day of school, I was, like, pretty nervous, had my backpack on, and I was like, all right, I'm good, I can do this. And I, like, walk in, and I see her, and I'm like, yes, there's my best friend. We got this. We're going to a new school now. Like, hi, how you doing? And then all of a sudden, I realize, I'm like, okay, I don't really recognize these girls that she's standing with, but... You know, it's a bigger school now, so maybe they'll be my friend. It's okay. And then all of a sudden, all of those girls completely shut me out of the circle. And on the first day of sixth grade, I was labeled as not popular and not cool enough to be in that group. And so I felt that pain where all of a sudden I was insecure in myself, and I thought, if I could look like her, then maybe I'll be okay, and I, maybe I can be in that group. Or maybe if I am funny enough, or if I can get boys to like me enough and lurk, look a certain way, then maybe I'll be accepted into their group, and I can be labeled as popular um, because they've labeled me as annoying and not cool. So I use the light of comparison to try to get my way out of all of that pain that I was feeling. And then it was in that, that pain that I heard a message actually here at Mariners. And it was on Ephesians 2.10, which says, we are God's masterpiece. We're his masterpiece. And in that moment, he told me that I am no longer labeled as something completely different because God calls me a masterpiece not because of anything that I look like or what I do, but simply because the creator of the universe created me. And he calls me his daughter. So I'm his masterpiece. And all of a sudden, I realized that I didn't need to compare myself to those girls because God called me beautiful and he called them beautiful and he calls you a masterpiece. He created you as well. And I realized I didn't have to compare myself to get out of all of that pain. I didn't have to do that. Now, I don't know what your brokenness is. I don't know what your dark, darkness is. I don't know if maybe your parents got a divorce or maybe your parents are arguing and you feel super frustrated and angry by that. Or maybe your friends have rejected you and you feel like you have to compare yourself through. Or maybe just the fear of the unknown of what's ahead or are you even in the right place right now? Maybe that is controlling you and you feel this like, this anxiousness and you're just overwhelmed constantly and you don't know how to get out of all of that mess. So you try to produce your own light and I don't know what that light is for you too that you're trying to produce your way through. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world and I have come so that you can get through this darkness with me. But that still might kind of sound like a concept that's like out there, like he's the light of the world, okay, that sounds interesting, but what does that mean because really I'm stuck in all of this and I don't know how to get out, right? The beautiful thing is that we get to simply come to Jesus and say, God, I can't do this. I am broken. I have this happening, God. 
I need you. I need you to take this from me, God, because I can't do it. And that's the simple truth, that that's all we have to do. And then, get this, when we say, Jesus, I am angry, and I can't get out of my anger, God. He then says, I'm with you, and I give you my peace instead. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks with us in the midst of all of that. Or we say, God, I'm just trying to make my way through, but nobody else knows my brokenness, and I don't want anybody to. And Jesus says, I'm with you. I know your brokenness, and I'm with you in the midst of that. And I'm going to give you true joy. And maybe he's also saying, I'm going to kind of allow people to come into that pain with you so that then you can experience my true joy to the fullest. Or maybe you're stuck in your sadness and you feel forgotten and you don't actually really know why you're sad, or maybe you do, but you're stuck in that sadness and you say, God, I can't do this anymore. God, I need you. And again, he rings his true joy onto us and he gives us his strength and he says, I'm with you. So in the morning, I'm going to wake up with you, and I'm going to walk with you through that sadness. I'm going to allow you to step through your day with me by your side. That's what Jesus says. Or maybe you're constantly comparing yourself, and you're saying, the only way I can get out of all of this is if I just become that. And Jesus says, you don't need to do that. I'm giving you, I'm just giving you my contentness. And you need to be content in yourself because I created you and you are my masterpiece. What a beautiful truth that we get to trade that with him. That's such a great, great truth, right? And then we get to experience his light that leads us to life. So the big idea for today, I want you guys to write this down. It says, the true light of Jesus can be my guide so that others can see Jesus through my life. Now, at the beginning, we talked about when the lights were all off and I had this one candle, I was like, wow, I can see like the front row, and that's about it, right? And that's pretty cool. But imagine if all of us, see this end, this end part of the big idea, it says, so that others can see Jesus through my life. What if we all had the light of Jesus in us, guiding us through that pain, giving us peace, giving us joy, giving us strength constantly? What if we had that every single day with us? Our our life would look a little bit brighter, and the world would notice. It's a pretty interesting thing. The world would notice, and you would say, I see my friend trying to do the same thing. And hey, guess what? Let me show you this light that I have instead that brings you peace. So we have this one light, but guess what? We all have lights in our back pockets. So I want you guys to pull out your phones and turn on that flashlight. That's okay if you don't have a phone, but look at that. I can totally see the people in the back row. That's pretty cool, yeah? Look at how much brighter this room is. I can totally see you guys in the back row. That's right. Look at that. So cool. Look at how much brighter our life would be if we shine the light of Jesus. Okay, you can turn the lights back on. Cool. 
So cool. Okay, turn your phone lights off. All right, so imagine, guys, imagine that. If we all decided, I'm going to shine the light of Jesus, we would then see the people who are in the outskirts of society and we'd extend a hand to them and say, hey, let me show you the light of Jesus. We'd see our friends who are struggling with the same thing and we'd say, hey, let me show you the light of Jesus. But first, it simply starts with saying, Jesus, I need you to be my light. God, I need you. I have pain and I have brokenness and I need you to shine your light and to guide me through all of this, God. So as the band comes up, I want you guys to all have to close your eyes. Go ahead and close your eyes. Now, I don't know what your brokenness is. I don't know what pain you're dealing with, what sadness you're dealing with, what mess is going on in your life. But I want you to think about that. What is it that is causing you to live in darkness? What is that pain? What is that darkness in your life? And what is the light that you are trying to produce in order to get your way out of that? Are you angry? Are you comparing yourself? Are you just trying to fake your way through and control the situation? Are you allowing sadness to take root and just dealing with it as best as you can? What would it look like for you to simply say, Jesus, I need you in my pain? God, will you be my light? I'm sick and tired of trying to control my way through this on my own. God, I need you. Jesus, we need you so bad, God. We are stuck in our pain, God. We have mess in our life. We have broken relationships in our life, God, and sometimes we try to just force our way through that, through the lights that we can produce, God. But we need you instead. You are the light of the world, God. Would you allow that to become true in our life today, God? Would we remember that you are the one with us? And then would we, in turn, shine that to every single person that we meet so that our world can become just a little bit brighter through you, God, through the peace and strength that you give. Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Sin